Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturay, who makes pro-metabolic food supplements and skincare and makeup. Skincare should be here. I know I say that every podcast. You probably think, oh, Kitty, we're sick of hearing that it's nearly here, but it's nearly here. It's actually nearly here. End of Feb, early March, which is super exciting. And we are also formulating um, makeup, which is super, super exciting as well. But today I'm joined by my fabulous co-host and also co-founder of New Strength, Craig McDonald, aka Coach Sausage, as he's called in our program, Poor Coach Sausage. Um, and so, oh, hi, Craig. Should just let you pop, pop oh, yes. in there and say hello for a second. You know, hardly gets a word in between the foghorn. Uh, hello. Yes. We, we, just, we just made a funny reel about farting in bed. It was really funny. Mm. You wait, wait for it. Highly accurate, it. just quietly. It's not that accurate. It's certainly, accurate. certainly been eating. Very food. accurate on your side, anyway. It certainly <laughs> happens if I ate too much sourdough or those good coconut or potato chips. Yeah. You know, those ones that bold, but they don't make them anymore, which sucks. Yeah. It's you're like, that's good. Remember I'd eat them and I, they just make, but I was like, I just copped yes. it. I just made I you cop it because I love them. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm farting after I eat these because they're just too good to eat, to not eat. Anyway, not everyone needs to know about, it, about our farting habits. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when we were first together and like, I wouldn't fart in front of you. And back then I was still smashing and pounding the green vegetables. But then I met Emma pretty much nearly yeah, as soon as I met a, you. You did a pretty good job of keeping it contained. That's right. That's right. You'd sneak off into the bathroom and <laughs> the thing rip one out. It's just hilarious when you look back on it now. It's like, why does any of that matter? But... <laughs> I know. Now you just like let it rip in front of each other. But anyway, <laughs> this podcast isn't about farting. So um, <laughs> we wanted to get on and, today and talk about um tracking and tracking your food and macro tracking and you know is it possible to reach your health and body goals so fat loss weight loss goals muscle goals gaining goals and i think maybe more specifically let's talk about fat loss and weight loss because we uh launched about three weeks ago now our seven day eat more train less get results challenge and i think we've had nearly a thousand women join so far which is amazing and we've been speaking to so many women We've had a heap of women join our new 16-week accelerator program. And, um, you know, a lot of women that we talk to, like I did this, one of the coaching calls in seven days, and she said, you know, Kitty, I've been pro-metabolically eating for a while now. And, you know, I just, um, I've gained all this weight, but I just have this real, you know, negative connotation towards tracking. And I'm like, well, how are you going to know what to change if you don't track your food. So anyway, we thought we'd just get on and discuss tracking and is it possible to do it without tracking? And then I guess our tips to make it, I guess, easier and less stressful. Do you want me to start? Yeah, you go. <laughs> is that a question? It's a break for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So look, I, I think, um, you know, you've, you've got to first look at it as to why would tracking be important and, uh, I think it ultimately comes back to the goal that you're trying to achieve. Um, if you are somebody who has, you know, unsuccessfully gone through the dieting, you know, merry-go-round, you know, for X amount of time, tried a number of different things and kind of keep coming back to the same spot. You, you cut your calories and then you rebound the weight back and try a different diet, cut the way or, or rebound it back, or potentially you kind of discovered, you know, the, the, pro-metabolic eating and you've, you know, incorporated all these, you know, fantastic new foods, 
really, really highly palatable foods. And, you know, along with that, because there is, um, you know, when you kind of understanding what these foods are actually doing for you, you start thinking about like the, you know, the juice and you know, potatoes and the different fruit and, and, and sourdough and like all these things that when you look at a lot of the diets, uh, don't, they don't contain any of those foods. Like most of the diets, uh, you know, certainly when I'm talking to a, a lot of ladies, what they've done, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, how does the diet work? You know, what's it made up of? And, you know, it's just awful stuff. Like, well, not like awful, but it's very boring. You know, there's so much about kale. I'm like, what is the go with kale? Why, why, why is it so magical? And no one can really answer the question. It's just apparently kale is a superfood and don't any, I don't ask any more over that. And I'm like, well, what, what is in kale that you can't get from anything else? So obviously you're kind of learning all these things is, is really, really cool. And, you know, you, there's kind of that sort of permission to just like, I'm eating these foods that, that I enjoy are really highly palatable, but that can generally come with also overindulging, right? It's very, very easy to overeat on foods that are very, very tasty. And, you know, whether people want to kind of argue this point or not, that is really the only reason why we have an obesity epidemic or why so many people are overweight. You know, even like when you look at a lot of the metabolic ward studies or, uh, you know, anything that's done where the food is controlled, you know, you can, you can pretty much see the exact expected amount of weight loss happen for any individual or any size. Well, maybe Craig, you just want to expand a little bit on those studies, like what yep. they're about. Cause yeah, I remember yeah. when us, we were discussing, I was like, Oh, it's really interesting. And you, you like, it happens in every single one of the studies. Yeah. There's, and there's, there's thousands. I mean, metabolic mm-hmm. ward studies have been, been happening for uh, so long. And I, there was actually, um, <clears throat> you know, some of the, the U S listeners, um, um, might know this. There was a, a TV show called uh, My Six Hundred Pound Life, and kind of chronicled the the life of you know people who are like super morbidly obese. And uh, you know, for, so for Australia, that's like people over like three hundred kilos. You know, huge people. And uh, you know, so they they you know uh, get advised to go and see uh, you know a doctor or a dietitian, and they they give them a Fifteen hundred calorie meal plan. There's no real reasoning why it has to be fifteen hundred calories. It's just a hell of a lot less than what they're eating. And you know they go away for a month and then they they come back and you know some of them lose three or four kilos. You know some of them don't really lose any weight at all. Some of them actually put on a couple of a, a, a couple of kilos. And you know the, the the responses are generally all the same. It's just like well you know, I've been pretty consistent. You know maybe about eighty you percent. Know, I've had a couple of meals off the plan, but really nothing too bad. You know, I just don't know why I'm not losing the weight. It must be me and must be my body, you know? And what ultimately happens is because they haven't lost any of that weight and they're still massively you know, morbidly obese, they get admitted to a metabolic ward. And in those metabolic wards, they, they live there for a month and uh, they have no control over the food that they eat. They're, they're pretty much fed the, the same diet that they were actually given uh, to follow, but this time it's being cooked for them and given to them in the, the right portion sizes. And when they get visitors, they uh, they get patted down for snacks and they've got to leave their bags at the door and all these sort of things to, to, to make sure that, you know, nothing, nothing like that's happening. And these people lose like 40 kilos in a month, which is crazy. Obviously, we're not saying that you should eat 1,500 calories or eat 1,200 calories. I'm just surely saying, you know, like regardless at, at the extreme level, you know, people want to overcomplicate this process, but this is exactly what it is, right? The amount of food that you eat on a daily basis controls your body weight. And then when we look at a lot of the other studies, you know, like uh, Herman Ponce has done, 
on like the Hadza tribes and and you know the you know all these indigenous tribes who who uh, you know eat you know a decent amount of food per day and uh, you know they're um, they, you know they're very they're hunter gatherer tribes they're, they're very very active you know like when, when you actually look at it you know exercise doesn't really explain a whole lot like it might be a fifteen to twenty percent bump. You know, somebody who's a sedentary individual to somebody who's working in a warehouse on their feet all day. Obviously, there's going to be caloric, a calorie burn, but it's not going to be as big as what people think, and it's not going to be as big as what the vast majority of people um, are, are massively underestimating the actual calories by. You know, and it can be anywhere but two thousand or more calories, right? And then when we see a lot of those studies, it was a really interesting study with two um, with two groups. 10 dietitians and then 10 general pop people. And uh, uh, the first week, uh, the, the dietitians tracked their food um, and then the, the gen prop people didn't. And then the following week, they swapped. And the, 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 the dietitians just had to, you know, ad-lib their food and just kind of, you know, write down what they thought they were eating. And uh, when, when you actually looked at, at the data, the, the dietitians, so these are the people who go to university and, you know, spend, you know, four years getting a degree and doing all this, are the people that you actually pay uh, to learn how to lose weight and all this sort of stuff. Uh, they were on average um, miscalculating their, their calories by about 300 um, calories per day. Some of them were up around seven or 800 calories per day. So these are the people who are who supposed to be really, really good with all of this stuff. They were still getting it wrong. And then when we actually looked at the, the gen pop population, they were getting it wrong by about on average about 1500 calories per day. So, you know, what we ultimately see is that that underreporting is just such a massive issue. And that's happening with the very best people who know food and know portion sizes for the most part and, and kind of have a pretty good idea. So the, the thing is, it just goes to prove that if you don't track your food or if you've never done it, you really have no idea around understanding exactly how many calories um, certain foods contain. And the macro breakdown too, hey. And and the macro breakdown, yeah, you know. And, and look, ultimately, once calories and protein equated, you know, the, the the role of carbs and fats really doesn't again have too much of a a change in terms of just weight loss. Um, there would be some more specifics, some nuanced specifics around that. But again, that doesn't really matter all that much. Um, but again, it's just it's just a simple case. The the biggest thing that we always see is is people massively underreport how much they eat. And they massively over-exaggerate how much they actually exercise. And, uh, you know, if you're not tracking those two metrics, then it leaves you completely ignorant to whatever result that you you get. And this is ultimately what I feel personally is why a lot of, and I'm not saying this is every case, but I feel a lot of people go down the route of just going, it must be me, it must be hormones, I must be, they go and see a naturopath, they start taking all of these weird and wonderful supplements. And, and I've talked to this. quite a lot of women this week, actually, Craig, like and they, this one lady was like, oh, I've been to this naturopath. She didn't get her to track her food or do anything like that. She's like, just take all these supplements. Yeah. No yeah. idea what she's eating, no idea what her macros, like how, is she getting enough protein, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, macronutrients are called macronutrients. So they're the things that you need to focus on first. Micronutrients come after that. They come as a result of eating the foods. Supplements then come after that. Like that is the order of priority, right? So if you're just randomly adding in a bunch of supplements that you can't really measure, right? You, like no one can actually sound like, oh, I kind of felt a little bit better. Maybe it's like, well, maybe you just got better sleep that night before. Who knows? Like you, all of a sudden, there's all of these variables that come up that you can't answer, 
And the reality is the vast majority of issues that people face, whether it's weight loss or it's hormone imbalances or it's all of these things, can all come back to understanding how much fucking food you eat on a consistent daily basis. It, it, it just... And obviously what you're eating too is important because like we're not obviously. saying that you, we're not, we're not like promoting just if it fits your macros, but no, I no, think no. I like to call ours, it's like purposeful meal planning. It's eating with intention and then yes. like you've got your macro targets, you've got your calorie targets, and then you're purposely choosing foods that have, you know, the easy to digest, that have the nutrients that you yeah. need to, you know, function yeah. optimally. Like we talk about eating liver and oysters and getting bioavailable protein and nutrient dense sugars and saturated fats. And, you know, so I think, and I just want to, would you, would, would you say though, too, that it's the other way as well, Craig? Like I've had women say to me, Oh, Kitty, I just can't gain weight. I'm so skinny and I can't get, I eat so much food. I'm like, well, how much do you eat? Yes. And so they go away and track their food and they're eating like 13, 1400 calories. I'm like, well, you're not eating a lot of food. You need to eat more. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, well so it's, again, it's, just it's still coming know. back to that equation. If you if you're not gaining weight, then you're just not eating enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, uh, it's it's like that that classic old Rich Piano. Uh, <laughs> nobody know who, who that is, but uh, he's a bodybuilder. He's funny. Do it, Craig. Do it. He's dead now, but it was just like he was he was talking about like he and he's huge. Like just look him up on Google. It's ridiculous. Stupid. Isn't he dead now? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah, he died um, of like he took heaps of steroids, obviously. Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, so he he was doing this interview, and he was just like, you know, Rich, you know, I'm I'm just not getting any weight. I'm not I'm not getting through this, you know, this weight sort of plateau point that I'm. And he's just like, well, you got to eat more. And he's like, yeah, but Rich, you don't understand. It's just like I'm I'm eating all this food, and I'm you know doing all this, and it's I'm it's just still not working. He's just like, okay, cool. Well, you've got to eat more. And it, and he just keeps going back. And he's like, you're not understanding. He's like, you got to eat more. If if shit's not fucking going up, then you just got to eat more. Right. And, and it, it really like, I just really can't overstate that enough. Uh, and I know, and I've had a, a few conversations with people who don't agree with me on that. And that, that, that's totally okay. But it really is at a fundamental level. Calories in, calories out can pretty much just about explain just about everything. Um, and then the types of foods that you make up are going to determine how you feel. So I, I kind of say it, it's just like the amount of food you eat controls your body weight, the types of food you eat are going to control how you feel and how your sleep and digestion, your mood, your energy, your menstrual cycle, all these things are going to be affected, right? You combine but, the best. Best of both, pro-metabolic eating with the tracking. With the yeah. Macro tracking is like the best of both worlds. Yep. You know? um, but, but, but having that data is, is, is really, really important so you can make objective decisions, not emotional ones. And I think when it comes to dieting, especially for females, there is, there is a really big negative connotation with that. And I totally get that. And but I was I, the same Yeah, before I, I met you. And before I found Emma, I was like, because when I tracked before, I always was eating like trying to aim to eat like 1200 fucking calories and I was eating green vegetables and nuts and seeds. And it was just like misery and starving myself. And then when I found this, I was like, okay, you need to switch your mindset. You know, this is about optimization. It's about, you know, eating enough to train so I could hit my numbers in the gym and feel good and sleep well. And it became, I shifted my focus and it wasn't about that starvation anymore. And that I think really helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just it's it's weird, you know. Like um, you know, you know, and certainly for anyone who's listened to this and been kind of eating the the pro metabolic foods, and you've seen some good changes and how you're feeling and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's weird when you look at a lot of uh, different diets. You know, it's it's based off foods that you hate, right? And and 
there's no real logic behind why you need to do it. It's just like, okay, well, we don't really know what your maintenance calories is because we don't ask those sort of questions. So we're just going to put you on really, really low calories because we know that that's ultimately what's going to lead to weight loss. So it, it's the, 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 the perception, you know, for a lot of females is that in order for me to lose weight and get to the goal that I want, I have to eat food I hate and I have to be prepared to suffer. In order yeah, and starve to- myself. And it's just that that that's absolutely should not be the case, like at all. Like if you start a diet or a nutrition strategy, whatever it is, and you're looking at the food there and you're just like, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm like, stop. That's all you need to know. All right. <laughs> it should be about enjoyment first because enjoyment leads to sustainability. Right. Mm-hmm. And that sustainability is going to create the habits and the disciplines needed, which is ultimately going to lead you to the freedom. Right. Everyone wants to have your freedom, like it's like, I don't want to be so restrictive. And I'm like, well, depending on what your goal is, and if you failed so much, then you're going to have to go down this road at some point because you clearly don't have the understanding around food and nutrients to lose the 10 kilos or the 15 kilos, whatever it is that you need to lose. Like if you're not at your goal and you've never actually achieved it and you tried all these things, it just shows that at a fundamental level, it's just not working. The strategy isn't working. Mm. Right. And, and, and like, what we're trying to get across to a lot of people is it's like you need to be prepared to just do something that you haven't done before and you need to change your fucking attitude around what what actual tracking food means like i get it some people are like i don't want to be spending all this time in my fitness power chronometer every day to, to track my food and whatever you know that's that's just inefficient for me and i'm like i i literally spend 10 seconds a day like in our app and it's literally to add my meal plan that I've already made that I've saved as a template. I go in in the morning and I go, okay, it's a non-training day, bang. And I add it. And it's like the foods that are in that are ones that I've already prepared, you know, on the weekend and just that I can just get out and and go like, I don't want to spend any more time in, in a tracking app than I need to. And I think if you are, you're playing the reactive approach to your nutrition, not a proactive approach of still meal planning, still putting some time, aside to understand what it is that you're going to eat. And if you like are listening to us going, yeah, but you guys don't have kids. So it's like easier, which it is. I want you to go back and listen to the podcast I released last week um, with Lou Driver. So Lou Driver is a lady in our program. She's came in with severe endometriosis. She's now symptom free and she has a family. And I did a podcast with her specifically on tracking macros, eating pro-metabolically with the family. And she eats a different dinner every night with her family. So that has some really incredible tips in it around how to make it work with a family. Um, And, you know, she's busy. She works full time. She trains four days a week. uh, And yeah, she's been able to do it successfully. So I highly recommend you go back and listen to that because it's all in the strategy, I think, in the planning and the mindset. Yes. And, you know, I was chatting to a lady on the seven-day coaching program and she was telling me how, you know, she's she's like, oh, I don't know, I've just gained all this weight. And I said, well, you see, do you need calorie surplus? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and she's like, I might not have my macros. Like, so, well, you don't know because you're not tracking. And mm-hmm. she goes, yeah, but I've got this, like, I don't want to be obsessed about it. I said, well, do you want to, like, be how you are for the next two years instead? Of, or you could just shift your focus, plan ahead, prep some meals, keep it simple, you know, then you're not thinking about it all the time. She goes, because I said, that's what it is. I said, it's either that or you keep just eating and having no idea what you're doing and not getting to where you want to be. And she's like, yeah, okay, you're right, kid. I've got to change my thinking around it. Okay, I'm going to get in. I'm going to plan. I'm going to jump on the call next week. Yeah. And I said, great, we'll hold you accountable. Because it's, it's, you have to just go like, what do I want more? And, you know, I think too, like, 
when you get to the place where you're, when we call maintenance, like I would say I'm at maintenance, right? Like I don't have any specific goals right now. I'm just training, eating and maintaining my current body composition. And I, I usually sit around 69 kilos, 69 to 70. Mm-hmm. And so I use tracking. It's like, you don't have to be so anal with it. And like, I have to follow everything. I don't know what the, what terminology you'd sort of use to describe how I use tracking, but I prep out my f- food during the week and we plan our dinners. You know, we have, we rotate two dinners. So we'll have like three different dinners and have the same thing two nights in a row. And then a Saturday we have something different, but I usually will have similar breakfast. I'll have the same lunch because, or I'll, I'll rotate between two lunches and I have like three or four snacks that I rotate. So every, the night before I'll just quickly pop it in. And I like to do that for the weekdays because we're just ultra busy. And then on the weekends, usually I don't track, but I eat very similar. Like I'll eat the same breakfast and same lunch, but I'll have a different dinner. I might have a different snack, but I know because I've tracked for so long, how much I need to eat. And I know, and I listened to my body, you know, like I was, I had this stupid cough for like three weeks. And so I sort of trained on and off, but not properly. And then I had fucking Corona. So I didn't train for a week. And then I just really liked training. And when I was not training, obviously my energy expenditure was lower um, and I just wasn't as hungry. So I was sort of tracking in the app and I was eating around 2,300 calories, but I knew that, you know, sort of listened to my body, but I didn't want to eat under that. So otherwise I don't sleep we didn't sleep very well. And so now that I'm ramping my training up again, because I'm feeling better, I've set it up to 25 and I'm already starting to feel hungry. So I know when I start to put those heavy leg days in, I'll be even hungrier. So I'll probably push it up to like 27. So that it just really, it's, it's like a, it's like a great little tool and guideline you can use, but you don't have to be absolutely tied to it, like live and die by it. I think obviously when you have specific goals and you're trying to lose weight, you, you know, most women, they can eat way more than they think. Like mm-hmm. if they actually track and eat it consistently, like Emma, Emma, one of our clients, she was 98 kilos, has lost 13 and a half kilos in like 17 weeks, um, eating 2,150 calories, but she's ultra consistent with the tracking. She's like her cycle issues have improved. She's like, oh, my brain fog's gone. I'm sleeping through the night. I'm feeling so amazing, Kitty. Like all of these amazing improvements because she's eating the liver and the oysters and the fruits and saturated fats, but she's also losing weight. And she's like, I'm not starving, you know, but she said, I just have to make sure I plan ahead. And I've just made it that I'm committed to this goal because she's like, I'm feeling so good. So I think it's, you just have to really shift your mindset and ask yourself, like, do I really want this? You know, think about the person that you want to become. Like, what does that person do? What are the habits that they have in place? And then, you know, once you actually get to your goal, like my, I would say that my calories fluctuate day to day. Hey, Craig, like I wouldn't eat the exact same calories. Like on the weekend, you know, we've made that different, I know that, what do we have for dinner? That bloody octopus thing. You know, so that might have a higher day on Saturday, but I'm can I just use the tracking? I guess it's not it's not like oh my god, I live and die by it. I can't eat anything off 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 the plan, mm. but it's a good. It 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 helps me, you know, eat enough so I can sleep and have a good cycle, and I can you know train hard and maintain my weight and maintain yep. my body because I'm like I'd be lying if I said I didn't like to look muscular and sit at a certain level of body fat. Like I don't want to be any fatter than I am. So for me, it's just a great, it's a great tool. So I think, you know, like you don't have to be, unless you've got really specific goals, like Craig's been dieting down. He's got a goal of getting to a, I don't know what, you haven't got a percentage, but you're working with your coach, you guys are dieting down and then you're going to reverse diet up, hey, and hit the training really hard and build some muscle. So it's like, you're much more strict than I am because you have specific goals. Mm -hmm. So it's just a great tool that you can use, I think, um, 
well, I wouldn't be able to get as lean as I've, I've gotten if I was just at living it. Like, nah. yeah, yeah. there's very few people that have that possess that skill. And I would always say that you would get a better result if you, if you do track. Um, I, I think also just with that, it, you know, and I'll fire this question at, at you, Kitty. Um, if you couldn't track, how, how would you approach it? What would be your strategy if you were, if your goal was to actually lose weight? Well, lose body fat. Yeah. Okay. So I would just plan ahead. I would obviously set my, macro targets, so my protein, carbs, and fat. And then I would plan ahead and I'd prep my food and plan in advance. So I knew what I was having. And if I, if we had to go out and I had to stick within the, you know, macros and calorie ranges, I would just, again, look at where I was going to the restaurant. I would choose something that's easy to track that you can eyeball easily. So like, obviously you're not going to take your fucking scales to the restaurant, but you know, like I ordered something like an eye fillet steak and a baked potato and maybe I'd have a Coke because I could easily eyeball that and get it close and still keep my macro targets. And then everything else I would just plan ahead and have the food so that I could have it, you know, at home and have it easy and ready and prepped. And I would know then that, you know, cause the thing is, and we found this too, Hey, with like, this is a great example of this Anna Hansel, one of our best transformations ever. She was a single mom for quite a while with four kids and she was an alcohol. Like she was pretty much an alcoholic. Listen to her, her podcast interview it's awesome and she is like 50 i think she's she was training with us for but she's still in the program but she decided she wanted to compete she just wanted to do this just a goal that she had right so she started at what 57 kilos eating 3000 calories a day mm-hmm. training did she train four days a week i think four days a week four days a week she's really strong um, and she was so lean already eating 3000 calories. She's quite active though. She has an active job. So she does a lot of steps per day. And so now she's 12 weeks out from a comp and she is so lean and she's eating 2,450 calories at 54 kilos. Like, you know, and that it just, the more consistent you are in a day-to-day basis, we find the higher we can, you know, your calorie deficit can be, whatever that is for you is higher. Don't you, don't you think Craig, like, yeah. That's what we've seen with clients. Yeah, because you, cause, cause, and, and again, there's nothing magical about that. It's just like you actually have a really good understanding of exactly where your maintenance calories are. So therefore, where your calories need to be if you're creating a deficit or where your calories need to be if you're surplus. But you only really have that real specificity around, you know, how much food you need to, you know, maintain your body weight based off your activity levels and your training if you track and you have, you have that data to actually show for it. And, you know, and like, but before Anna, you know, had even gone down the road of, of wanting to compete, you know, like it was just, I, I set her up with a, with, with a coach who's a friend of mine. He's, he's a bodybuilding coach and he does only does comp prep. Like that's his, his sort of niche. And uh, you know, just kind of put him in touch and I said, look, this is, here's all the data. It's all ready to go. And he was just like, Oh man, this is going to be so easy. <laughs> You know, because he was like, oh, she's already eating so much food. She's Strong, shapes and muscle. Yeah, she's already, you can see yeah. all the data there of how, how accurate she's been for so long. It's just, and it is, and it just becomes like clockwork, you know, and it's just like you can, she actually sent me an update on the weekend um, of the, the the spreadsheet that he uses. And it's just, you know, you could just see over the weeks, it's just slowly coming down. And, you know, like, we, again, we want to look at, you know, losing sort of, for her, probably around it's about 0.5% of her body weight per week. So when you're 
you know, 50, oh. 60 kilos. It's, that's not, not amount, but it's relative. That's why we use it as a percentage. But again, it's just, she's got 12 weeks to go. She's already lean. She's already eating lots of food. Um, you know, and she's probably going to get down lows, but you'll probably deplete her at some point and then reverse diet up. And that's obviously the point of the competitions because you want to be, you know, as, as lean as possible, but as full as possible. So it requires a, a bit of manipulation on that perspective and nothing that anyone who's not competing ever needs to do. Um, but again, it's just her starting point was just so good and, and she'll be successful when she actually steps on stage because she had a good base beforehand. You know, she knows how to be consistent. All of those habits have been built before going through this process of you know, prepping the food, tracking the food, eating the food, doing the training. <laughs> It's such a great, it really empowers you to, like, I think if I decided that I wanted to get leaner now, I wouldn't need Craig to tell me what to do. I would know. I would know what my maintenance calories are. I would know. (laughs) Shut up, you. But, you know, like once you learn this skill and you understand, you know, like I know that around 150 to 165 grams of protein a day is good for me. You know, I like to not go crazy on the fat, like probably, you know, 60 to maybe 80 grams. Sometimes I have a higher fat day on the weekend and then I, I really need a lot of carbs. I think my manic brain just likes, you know, lots of carbs. And obviously I try when I'm training heavy and hard, I need more carbs, you know? Um, but once you learn this, it's so easy to go like, okay, so maybe you go on holidays and, you know, on holidays you might eat a little bit more and you might have a few drinks and, you know, like you might gain a little bit of body fat. So when you come back from holidays, you don't have to do anything drastic. Just mm. have to set your macros, tighten up your diet, prep your food mm. and just be consistent just for a few on, yeah. months. Exactly. And you'll lose it like slowly and gradually. And you don't have to do anything drastic and get back into the habits of doing your 10,000 steps every day, get back into your strength training, you know, and then it's such a, it's just so easy then you have control and you know that you don't have, and I also feel like when you, for the women out there who are binge eaters, cause I was a massive binge eater, like epic binges. I would eat packets of Jersey caramels, whole entire, like two pizzas, t- <laughs> tubs of ice cream, you know, it, when you actually eat more on a day-to-day basis, it stops you from binging. Cause you, I think, you know, you finally realize you're like, I don't have to be starving all the time. I can eat yummy food that I enjoy every single day. Like I'm going to go after this and make a yummy chocolate milk, um, you know, and then we're having nice lamb with our rice cooked in the broth and our Greek salad and then ice cream for dessert. So I really look forward to my meals and it, you know, you just know that you don't have to be starving anymore. Um, Obviously, if you're dieting and you're going through a dieting phase, you will probably be hungry, but it's not like the crazy ass hungry that you did when you were eating the stupid 1200 calories. And you'd be surprised at how much you can actually eat and reach like, you know, one of your clients, you're doing a fat loss phase with her. You know, if you got her on 2000 calories and she's losing, still losing weight. And yeah, she's like so 67 we, 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 kilos or something. started at 2200 and then we, we got it down. You know, at one stage there, you know, sort of plateaued and brought down. I think she was at around sort of 1600 there for, it was only about two weeks. And then we finished it and I was like, okay, let's just take a bit of a break. How long was the fat loss phase? 12 weeks? Uh, yeah, and it, it ended up being about 14 weeks in, in yep. the end. And, you know, that's just kind of based on how she's feeling and if she's becoming too food focused and a few things like that. And I was like, okay, we'll, we'll pull it up here and we'll, we'll go back to maintenance for four weeks and we'll, uh, you know, we'll then reassess after that, you know, because we've got all this objective data and these are the kind of the, the the questions that we can kind of ask and then we, we we just it makes sense to just you know do it in phases and interestingly enough we just reversed diet i was like oh okay we'll put her up to i think it was like 17.50 weight continued to go down and up to 1850 and weight continued to go down and put her up to i think it was like 1920 or something like that and weight went down and now push it up to 
uh, just just under two thousand. I think it's like nineteen ninety something like that. Mm. And she's at her lowest body weight. She's she weighed in at sixty three something this week. You know, and, and it's just she also Craig doesn't so add this in. She's not a particularly good lifter. So like she no, just she, she was a, she was a, a she's just not a very, rank a rank yeah. she's she just not a very yeah. natural athlete you know like there's some people that just so if you're someone who's athletic and stronger you know like we've had other clients who have gotten even better results in that because they would they just ability to lift is better and their ability to build muscle too so you know like I think that was with someone who's not a great lifter and who yeah. wasn't really strong I mean to, to a credit like she she was you know like a like a raw, but never really done it at all no. before. And she, you know, there was a time when she just probably wasn't taking it as seriously as she needed to. Mm. And then, you know, and that's obviously having a good coach to just go, look, stop pissing around here. Like you're <laughs> complaining that you're not really making the progress that you want to, but here are the things that I need to see. So get on with it. And, um, you know, and everything's then she's, she's kind of turned around and it's just like, but you, you look at, um, her, her video now. I think I think you were you, you were going to use one. Yeah, yeah, the squat's heaps better, so much better. But you think like better. it's you taken her I mean? a long time to get to even just be able to squat yeah. with yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abso- absolutely. You know, and it's just taking time. And and look, I, I, every you know, everyone's different. I, I I think at the end of the day, I think you know, in her case, it just goes to show that with someone who who'd never really been into the gym before, and never really lifted weights, can absolutely get to a point where they actually know how to train effectively, you know, mm-hmm. and I would dare say that you know, once she gets to a goal, you know, it might be another few kilos where she's sort of happier and she's maintaining on you know, relatively high calories that will start to do a reverse and do a bit more of a muscle gain goal then, and then push food up a little bit higher and get a bit more proactive to gain a bit more muscle. And then, you know, muscle takes a lot longer to lose than fat, obviously, but, you know, probably in another 12 months, we, we repeat that same process again, you know, her physique will just look that much better again because the training has gotten so much better. So, and Craig, with the like ladies too, like we have a lot of ladies at, at the opposite end of the scale who are big, like, you know, one of Mel's clients has lost 46 kilos and she hasn't done any training really because she had injuries and she was in yeah. something happened with her son. Yeah. And she, I think, just stuck to 1,850 calories. She's walked and she's lost 46 yeah. kilos. Yeah. And then other clients like this, Emma, you know, she's only training twice a week. Um, she's a hairdresser though, she's on her feet. She's yep. lost 13, 14, 15 kilos. You know, yeah. LZ lost 26 kilos eating just under 2,000 calories. So it's not, you know, I think, you know, if you're on the other end, you've got a lot of weight to lose. We've just got to get you out of that binge restrict cycle and just yeah. keep getting you eating that can, more on a consistent basis. Stop your binge eating, yes. eating in that small calorie deficit. Um, you know, and you can still eat 1900, 1950, 2000 calories and be in a calorie deficit when you add the walking in and, you know, two to three days a week strength training. So you don't have to do this crazy stuff, but you can only do that if you track, you know, um, listen to LZ's podcast. She's, you know, interviewed her. She gives some great, great tips as well. But, you know, I think, yeah, you just got to shift your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it it just, it, it makes the whole process, um, because everyone knows it's like if you've got 20 kilos or 30 kilos to lose or something like that, that's not going to happen overnight. Like that's going to be a process that takes time. Mm. Right. So we've got to, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, it's just like base it around foods that you enjoy, first of all, and, and create that sort of sustainable setup. But it's just, you know, like you, you're going to go like so 30 kilos to lose, you know, you'll, you'll go down, it'll, it'll be 29.5 kilos you've, you've lost and then it'll be 29 kilos and then it'll be 29. 28 points out, you know, like it, it happens in stages. It doesn't happen in these big lots or like one big go. It happens in small stages. So if you're tracking it, you know, you can then see, 
the the the, uh, the 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 rates of loss and kind of go, yep, we're on the right track, you know. And then as things start to plateau, you can go, okay, well maybe the amount of food that I'm eating now is not going to be the amount that I need to continue to 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 lose where I need to, you know. So it's kind of a case of, all right, well I need to make an adjustment to my food, but you can only make that adjustment if you know what you're already basing it off. And it's just, you know, you have to have that in place if you're going to be, if, if you've got a big weight loss goal of, you know, 20, 30 kilos, even 10 kilos, like you, you need to be able to have that data to be actually go, okay, this is what I need to change. This is how much low I need to make it. Or, you know, in some cases it might be a case of, can we increase your activity? You know, as I said at the start of the podcast, you know, activity doesn't really like, like it's only about 20% of the equation. It can still definitely have an effect. Absolutely. But it's certainly not going to be to the effect of what food does, but it can be in some cases for people, something that we can manipulate to kind of go, all right, let's, let's push this up, keep your food the same and see if that has an impact. But again, it's all objective data that you can only get if you track. So um, you know, awesome. if, and if, if, if ta- you, takes the guesswork out of it, and I think if you're not guessing, then there's no emotional brain explosions. Which yeah, is- and I think sometimes women like you just and I was the same. I was a bit in denial. I just didn't want to fucking knuckle down and do the work and get consistent and set myself up with those good behaviors and habits. I just still wanted to like drink piss on the weekend and eat shit and then starve <laughs> myself during the week. You know, so I was like, this really made me go, okay, well, I'm not going to get where I want to be doing that anymore yeah. i need to be better all around you know and i need to stop drinking so much and you know but you just got to go through it and i think if you're new here or if you've been following me for a while and you haven't you're not sure about macro macros and tracking and how to sort of combine it bring it all together grab our um seven day challenge it's a brilliant introduction to what we do and craig teaches you about macros and tracking and we've got my fitness power videos in there along with all the pro metabolic nutrition and strength training so you know all the foundations that you need to know to get healthy you know, achieve your body body and health goals in a healthy and sustainable um, way. So I'll pop the link uh, to the show notes. Craig and I do live coaching calls in there every week, which you get access to for a month and you get lifetime access to the course. Uh, and as always, guys, <clears throat> like us, like or follow us, follow, follow on whatever bloody platform you use to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Give us a rating. Um, and, you know, take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories. We also do, and tag me, we do a competition every month where we give away a tub of the awesome saturated collagen. Um, And it just helps get the podcast out and reach more people and hopefully save more women from all of the stupid fucking diets out there so they can just eat real food again and get strong and get healthy and, you know, just, it makes you happy. Mm. Juice makes yeah, me nope, so happy. Yeah, don't be a pain in the ass. <laughs> An ice cream. Somebody who's really hungry, they're a pain in the ass to be around. Yeah, I don't don't know. You're hungry. Yeah. Everyone's hungry. Right. Awesome. And guys, also too, when you write the review, you know, let us know what you want to hear more of. So, or you can even email me or message me on Instagram. Craig and I are doing these every week. So I'm just picking uh, Coach Craig's brain more, um, you know, just so we can help you. So I hope you found that useful and uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.